0: Welcome to Fintech's DEI Discussions podcast series. This is the Women of Fintech chapter, and we are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges, and walk the talk for change across the entire financial technology industry. Today, we are joined by Barb McLean, SVP, Head of Technology Operations and Implementation at Coastal Community Bank. She is here to share how she walks the talk for inclusion in our sector, and more importantly, what more she wants done. Bob, I am super happy to have you with us today. Thank you for joining me.
1: Hi, Nadia. This is so exciting, and I'm really pleased you invited me to be on.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm so, so excited to hear what you've got to say today, and I think it would be a brilliant start if you could just tell us a bit more about your role, what that means.
1: Well, head of technology is what it says on the tin. As a fairly common community bank-sized community bank in the state of Washington, you might expect that there's lots of work to do in our technology estate, and that's true of us as well. We followed the very traditional path of a community bank where we have a core banking system that comes from one of the big three core banking vendors, and then we tend to buy all of the rest of their technology. And one of my colleagues likes to call this the franchise model of core banking, where you essentially become a franchisee of that core banking provider in many ways. and. Core banking providers are good at core banking, but they're maybe not as strong in all of the surround things. Another great person that I know in the industry, Tammy Banks, uh, I think she describes it as the least worst of the of the kind of surround products that you can possibly get. So it's definitely not best of breed, but that's what you end up embedding into all of your workflows across your organization because you're trying your best to get technology in place so that you're automating things. And you tend to run home to the same organization all the time. And one of the things that Coastal is trying to do is to be unbanky. It's one of our core values. And that means it manifests in lots of ways, but it certainly manifests in terms of how we're trying to approach our future and certainly how we're trying to approach how technology enables that future. And that future has a lot of grand goals for growth. And as a small community bank, how do you go and pursue growth? Chances are you're going to get gobbled up by somebody bigger than you. And that's not the future that the board and executive and other stakeholders of the bank want. So how do we remain independent? And one of the ways that we have found is through leveraging banking as a service and We were probably relatively early in doing that in the U.S. and have formed some really great relationships and partnerships there. And that's where a lot of the growth comes from. That growth also brings a lot of volume of transactions and related processing for that. One of the roles that we play as the sponsor bank within those banking as a service relationships is being very good at risk and compliance. And so that drives a lot of activity, and that activity drives a lot of information that needs to flow across teams and outside of the organization. All of those things point back to you can't rely on legacy technology that was built decades ago in a former millennia now, built before the cloud, built before mobile. Those things are not fit for purpose anymore. So, my role really is to help the bank navigate getting to the future that it wants because technology can enable that and how do we put all of those platforms and foundations in place
0: i can see the movement i can see the goals the values and what you're trying to do in the industry and how pivotal your role is to that one thing that i think is really fascinating and quite unique in our industry is you have been in one place for two decades but actually so much has changed right just as you were explaining all of that but i'd love to hear uh, a bit more about that change, but also what actually had you committing and driving that change?
1: Yeah, I think it's probably very unusual to encounter someone today that had spent 21 years at one place in their career. Being at Coastal is only my second job, but I've been doing this for more than two decades. That That is an uncommon story. And I think it's a story partially of availability of opportunity, It's a story of getting opportunities to learn. It is a story of getting to work with great people and having alignment to a purpose in the work that was being done there. And there is a common thread there in these two roles that I've now had in my career. And it started off spending more than 20 years in the credit union sector in Canada. And credit unions are defined by their cooperative principles, and one of those is cooperatives helping cooperatives, and certainly the idea of serving your local communities. Someone that grew up essentially as a farm kid in the middle of nowhere Canada, I could see the impact of things that are helping your local community. So that philosophy always certainly resonated with me, and that philosophy carries forward to community banking certainly as well. So, That's the one consistent thread, I think, between these two roles that I've had outside of the fact that the only thing I know how to do is financial services technology, because now I've been doing it since 2001 and came into it, I think, by accident. The city that I grew up in, relatively small, unknown city in Canada, not a lot of technology related opportunities. I knew that was the kind of industry I wanted to be in. So moved to the big city of Winnipeg, which on a global scale is probably not that big, but it was big for me. And that's where all of that work started. But Winnipeg itself, especially 20 years ago, wasn't necessarily a hotbed of technology opportunity in and of itself either. It was more than where I came from, but it's not the Londons or New Yorks or other places in the world. And I had to take the opportunities that were there and available to me the story arc of my career is partially about following the threads of those opportunities, finding ways to actually make your own opportunities as well. And so you take and make, and then you find yourself having been involved in a lot of great initiatives and working with some great people along the way. I knew that I was coming to a decision point on what would be next, because what I learned about myself was I'm a builder. I classify people in technology in two ways. You're a builder or a runner right? Some people really love to dig in and help solve the day-to-day problems and make sure everything is working the way it was designed. I land typically on the other side of the fence on really more my passion to bring the right teams together to go and build new products and solutions. And I could see the end of the roadmap of the things we were being asked to build. And the what's next turned into a random Twitter message from a colleague, uh, and Fred, who said, I know four women in North America looking for new opportunities. Hit me up if you're hiring. And two hours later, she messaged me and said, you have to talk to Kurt K. Ruse, who's the president at, at Coastal and had just moved there probably about four months before. And Kurt and I knew each other from the Twitterati fintech in some ways is a very small community. And I was like, hey, I would love to talk to Kurt. And so really my story at Coastal began by getting hired off Twitter, which feels ironic looking at that a year back now because I quit Twitter right before I actually started at the bank. So it was really useful in terms of getting to know people in the industry. But I think things have also changed a lot since I started trying to understand what fintech was and how you leverage the people that are there. And how we engage with each other is definitely going to continue to evolve. But it was recognizing that I needed to feed my own passion and find what was next so that I would be continuing to serve that need to go and build and do more. That's what was really the springboard for coming to Coastal.
0: And again, what a great story that you shared with us. It's wonderful to see that your values have, have stayed the same as you've moved into a very different environment. And I really like how you described the runners and the builders. So I just want to pull on that thread because I know that you're su- supremely passionate about the importance of teamwork and working with great people. I want you to share some of that with us.
1: Yeah, I think it is, as I said, part of the reason why I was in one place for so long is that I did have an opportunity to work with great people, great direct colleagues within the organization I was in, the surround colleagues that worked within the credit union system. Because again, that same set of values and philosophies draws you into similar people. And so I want to say a thanks to all of them that helped shape my career as I was walking that path through it because they all contributed to getting me to where I am today. And I certainly was fortunate then in my career where the building wasn't just technical. It was about assembling the right group of people to get a particular task done. And that certainly is a lot of what occupies my time today. Uh, Of course, I'm not actually hands-on keyboard doing much of that work anymore. Um, But I really believe about no job is too small. So, you know, even in my role today, I'll get on the pager duty call to make sure that the team has what they need to solve that problem. Uh, we all have a role to play in getting the work done, and there is no job that is too small for any of us to do. And I also believe in the power of small teams winning. And so when you have a relatively small, highly capable, highly skilled team, they actually can do a lot and stretch beyond what we might see to be the normal boundaries of a role. Just because your job title says something doesn't mean that you can't see a task that needs to get done, pick it up and get it done. And so I believe that for the team and I believe that for myself and I believe that for the colleagues that we work with. We all have to contribute to getting that work done and we're much more effective if we can allow ourselves to stray outside of those lines. Uh, But the other thing I've recognized is that there's uh, members of the team that actually need way more structure than maybe I do personally. I'm very comfortable in that gray. It's actually another thing that attracted me to Coastal. Another one of our values is embracing gray thinking. And so again, that notion that like-minded people attract like-minded people, you can see why these grounding in values was really useful and important to me to understand the team that I was joining Uh, But there are folks that want to understand, here's the thing that I'm set out to do, and I need those sort of guardrails to feel comfortable and be successful. So that was something else I recognized about the diversity of how people think and how they approach their work. Not everyone is going to be like me. And that's actually the most important thing of all. It's that combination of factors across the team that's working together that is the multiplicative factor, one plus one equals five in that case. And that's really the magic of finding the right combination of team members is when you can make that happen.
0: I support everything that you said there. And I think that this actually is quite new thinking to the industry. And it's great that you are really building upon that to make that your team and the teams that you work with even stronger. But it's also connected to something else I know that you stand for. And, this, and it's this sort of philosophy around staying relevant to people outside of the GTA. I know you were referring to greater Toronto area, but I think philosophically, this this really uh, has a very big point for all of us to hear.
1: Yeah, I think this one is all about the fact that talent is evenly distributed, but opportunity is not. And as I was saying, from my own story, one of the reasons why I lived and worked in Winnipeg for so long was um, the perception, at least, that opportunity was limited to me by geography and that was probably much truer 20 years ago than it is today. We can choose to work from anywhere and I think it's important for us to align to organizations that enable that choice if it's important to us. But along the way I've had a lot of opportunity to speak at a conference or be available for those kind of group discussions and if you're working in fintech in Canada chances are a lot of that's happening in Toronto it's where the biggest banks are grounded, and it's where a lot of the technology organizations are located as well. And so it makes sense that a lot of those in person things are happening. And I felt this really strong need to talk about the fact that there's a whole lot of Canada that exists outside of the greater Toronto area. And especially for those that are the builders, thinking about how do you serve the needs of all of your users versus the ones that resemble you? The fact that basic technology infrastructure is not as commonly available as it is in downtown Toronto. Uh, I personally trip over a really hard cell tower handoff every time I'm trying to leave my own community. So I have to be very careful even about taking a call in the car because I know it's going to drop. So these, the idea of these ubiquitous services that are commonly available in an urban area are not a fact of life in the other 999 million square kilometers of Canada where people exist. So I felt this real need to express that you need to think wider than yourself. And one of the ways that we can make sure that happens is to have diverse backgrounds in the team members that are helping to build and support these systems because their own first person knowledge really contributes into making a stronger product because they bring that with them into their day-to-day work.
0: Yeah, absolutely love that. And I think that leads me on to my final question so nicely, because this entire podcast series, I always want the audience to be inspired, to feel like they've got tools to go out there and make change in their environments, their teams, because I truly believe we've all got a role to play. So my last question to you is, what would you like to see more of for authentic, genuine workplace inclusion from the people listening today?
1: I'm probably saying this from a position of a bit of privilege, but I think there's a lot of leaders inside organizations that would, would appreciate more of us having a bias for action, taking action and having to apologize for it later if that's necessary. People get locked into the idea of process and rules much more, I think, than is actually needed. And if you see an action or you see a problem, go and solve it. Chances are that's actually going to be much more appreciated on the other side than any fear or concern that you have about whether you're doing it right or not. I'll quote Simon Taylor, who was one of the co-founders of 11FS and lovers of podcasts have probably listened to him at least once along the way. And one of the things he talks about is that pace of change is a power law. And those of us that are sitting here today listening to this can't possibly argue with the fact that we have been fraught with more change in our society than probably any of us could have forecast over the last number of years. So changes are only constant. And in that kind of scenario, your speed of decision making and action is the thing that will enable your organization to survive. So it's incumbent upon you inside of your team, regardless of the role that you play, to identify a change or an opportunity or a problem and go and fix it yourself. And if you don't think you can do it alone, find a friend, find a like-minded person to come along with you on that journey. No matter how small that action is, you're continuing to move your team and therefore your organization and therefore the customers that you're serving forward. And isn't that really the reason that we're all showing up every day? So that would be my advice to listeners. Have that bias for action Go and be that change maker. Bring friends if you need some of that comfort to do it. And you probably can't do these things by yourself. And so that's the message. Find those like-minded folks and you can be the change agents inside, no matter what your role is.
0: Wow, super inspiring, super empowering as well. I absolutely love all of those messages. So thank you, Bob, for joining us today on Fintech's DEI Discussions. Let's listen, let's learn, let's walk the talk. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Bye. Bye.